Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. You're going to need your Bibles. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians 3.16. We're going through the series, uh, The Bible for Dummies, and we chose that title because we're just choosing what we uh, believe are some of the most important scriptures that you should know. So if you're like, where do I start? What, how, where do I start? The Bible's so big. Where do I start? 2 Corinthians 3.16 is the scripture that we're looking at today. And so um, we'll have that up here on the screen, but uh, as we've always said, please bring your Bible. So hopefully you have your Bible in your hand. They're handing out Bibles for those of you that don't have them, or um, because you're so generous, you gave them to someone else, and that's why you're using this one today. Um, So 2 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17 says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that all God's people may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, since you've opened your Bibles, um, you all have different translations because this was originally in Greek. Paul wrote to Timothy in Greek. Uh, That was the English of their day. So you have different translations for the word useful. So here it is right now. What, look at your Bibles, other than useful, what do you have? No, really, seriously. I'm not joking. Other than the word useful, what else do you have in your Bible translations? I may even give you a treat or a prize, a little star or something. There's other words. Profitable. Right, so useful, profitable. Any others? We all have the exact same translation. Valuable. I'm just kind of walking you along here. Come on, come with me. Okay, useful, profitable, valuable. It's saying that all of God's word, this is referring to the Old Testament. Because at this moment, Paul's writing the New Testament, which would be kind of weird, right? Everything I say is useful. So what he's saying is that all of the words that come from God are useful, are profitable, are valuable. If I were to tell you of something that was very valuable, if I told you of some amazing investment opportunity and it's already worked out and we've done it five, you go, what? You want to know about it. What, what? Is this, could this be valuable? Could this be profitable to me? Um, when I was a child, we had a few things that we did as kids, right? I mean, things change. And as a kid, uh, I remember playing uh, some sports. It wasn't nearly what it is today, but I got to play sports. I got to go to school. Um, my parents love me the best that they knew how. And so we are also trying to love our children the best we know how. And we want to, to give them whatever is useful. We want to give them whatever is valuable. We want to give them whatever is profitable. And we as parents in this culture have gone cuckoo in that direction. Um, for uh, my kids, I could, if I wanted to, I could get them private surfing lessons. When I was a kid, we just went surfing. Um, when I was a kid, it was like, how can we get a board from that guy and broken and, you know, how can I fix that? And, and now it's like, oh, your, your board's broken. Let's go get you a new one. Um, when it came to baseball, it was, now you can get batting coaches. Back then, 
it was we'd go out with uh, a tennis ball and we'd go into the apartment complex and we'd just have batting practice because it was fun. But now you can have lessons and you can have pitching lessons. And I remember I was coaching this one kid and he finished pitching and he's like, man, I, I need to get back to my lessons. I was like, what is going on? Because their parents care so much about them that we want to give them whatever's valuable, whatever's profitable. I wanna do that for my kids' education. I'm like, every, anytime we go to a city, our goal now is to take them to the local university. I wanna expose them to what's out there. We wanna take them to different countries because we wanna expose them to what's going around the world. We wanna show them that which is valuable and profitable because we love them that much. And so I was thinking about this recently, uh, a few weeks ago, and I, I sat the boys down and I said, okay, here's the deal. I will pay you cash. I will give you, and I, I'm not gonna give you the number, but it was significant. I said, I will give you cash if you read the entire New Testament. What? Oh, yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Like, that's it? And I, and I gave them, they said, how much again? And there's nothing more valuable I could give them than the word of God. But I can't give it to them. They have to be willing to go into that. And if I have to trick them by using cash, oh, I'll do it. <laughs> because I know the power of the word of God. Now, is that the ideal situation? No. But I want them to know the word of God. I want them to be in it. Because I know that it is profitable, that it is useful, that it is life-changing. The way that the, the, the word of God, the way the Bible is described in the Bible is that it is bread. I feed my kids every day. I get worried when they go out with friends. I'm like, did they eat? And when they come back, and I'm like, hey, did you get lunch? No, I'm like, what? You didn't eat? But the Bible, the word of God is, is described as bread. It's described as milk. It's described as solid food. It's described as dessert. The word of God is so valuable, so what is it? that keeps us from being in it. We come up with all of our many excuses, but really none of them hold much water. Now, I get it. I'm not like, well, why, why don't you? No, because I get it. The thing is, is it's so easy for me to wake up in the morning and to, to read the news. It's so easy for me to listen to music instead of listening to the Bible on tape. And I thought about that this morning. We call it Bible on tape. None of you guys have tape anymore, do you? Right? So we got to stop calling it Bible on tape, but um, the audible Bible, we all, but instead I'm, I want to listen to some Jack Johnson, right? Or I got to catch up on Facebook, or I got to do this, or I, whatever it is, or the movies, or um, This Is Us, if you haven't seen it, great show. You know, at night we're not like, you know what? We're the pastor's family. Let's all sit down and read the word of God. And we're like, oh, this is us. The new one's on. We've taped it. I get that, but it doesn't make sense. Because there's nothing more valuable that we could put inside of us. There's no more valuable, nutritious food or milk or solid food or any dessert better than the word of God. It is life-changing. The priests were the only ones for over 2,000 years that we've had the church, for about the 2,000 plus years that we've had the church, for most of that, 2,000 years of that, it was only the priests that could have the word of God. And then all the rest of us could listen in to them as they shared it. They're the only ones that had it. Most of you have it touching your butt right now because that's where your phone's at. 
And yet you have the word of God right there. We have this access. And yet we don't really either remember or maybe know how useful, profitable, and valuable it is. There's this verse um, that I have memorized. It's John 8, 32. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Yet, do you guys hear that? That squeaky door? Anybody got any WD-40 on them? If you want, go on back there and give a little squeaky. Burton, you have some right now, don't you, in your back pocket. In the car, we'll get to it later. I don't want you to miss this. Um, but what about the verse before it? See, I have 32 memorized, but I didn't have 31. Jesus, therefore, was saying to all of those Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. Then, it's the verse I memorized, and you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. That's saying that if we're not abiding in the word, we're not Christians. If we're not in the word of God, we're not apprentices to Jesus, which is another way to say Christians or disciples. This is not negotiable in terms of following Jesus. And I was talking with my daughter and she was asking me about uh, marriage. She was talking about um, Josh and Andre. And she's like, so they're gonna get married and they're gonna move in together? Do they move in together first? And then do they get married afterwards? And I was trying to explain it to her. I said, well, God in his word says that he doesn't want us to have sex before we get married. Which she, like, what, you told a nine-year-old that? Yeah, when is she gonna figure it out? Who's gonna tell her if I don't? And I said, and the reason is, is not because God wants to give us a bunch of rules, but because he loves us. He gives us his word because he cares for us, and he wants what's best for us. He wants us to be free. And in terms of following, we need to know his word. And so I'm not really sure why I brought that thing up about Karis and Josh. There was a point to it. And if I remember, I'll come back, but it had something to do with where we're headed. <laughs> Let me distract you with my glasses. I really have to use these now. This is not a cool thing, because let's face it, I look really cool. I really have to use these. Because I wrote this, and I'm right here, and I can't read it. And if I come back here, I can. So we're in 2 uh, Timothy 3.16. I want you to open up your Bibles or your phone or however you get into the Word because I want us to look at this. I want us to dwell in this. Because we're going to go through this scripture piece by piece. All scripture is God-breathed. Is that a beautiful word or what? And that is one word, by the way. Um, we, in English, have to break it in two. But God-breathed, like it came from God's mouth. And Paul is saying that all of Scripture was breathed from God himself. It's his word. And we know that God's word, what it does is it creates. Do you know that? That, that it creates. When, when, when the darkness was hovering, God's spirit was hovering over the earth. That spirit, that word spirit means breath. It means wind. God's breath was hovering over, and through that breath, he spoke, he breathed, and things were created. The sun, the earth, the animals, the plants, us, from God's breath. All God's word is God breathed and can create. 
And I was thinking about how I was going to share this and how I was going to explain this. And for me personally, I am so passionate about God's word because it has done everything for me. It has redirected my life. It has is, it is, it is recreated me. I, I am, the old is passing and the new has come from his word. His word has stepped into me and has is, turned everything upside down. Because that's what God's word does. It's alive. I mean, I, I have a lot of books. Um, I, in fact, I used to think it was really cool to collect books because then everyone would see all my books and think how cool I was. And so I'd have all of these shelves. And I remember one of my professors uh, and mentors in college had this whole wall filled with books. And I thought, Norm, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to double that. But I love to read. I love, I, I voraciously love to read fiction, nonfiction, reference, magazines, Surfer's Journal. I love to read. And none of that, none of that is worth anything compared to God's word. In fact, I was looking at all these books on the shelves and I go, this is dumb, this is prideful. And so I started getting rid of all these books so that other people could have them because I ain't gonna read all those books again. I don't have enough time. I'm on the other side, obviously. <laughs> Yet, I will never get rid of God's word. Now, the, my go-to is the Kindle. Because that way I can highlight and make notes and, and shred it up. Because I'd go through so many Bibles because I'd write on it and it, it, I'd throw it in my backpack. I'm not good at taking care of things. And so they'd all get ripped up and folded. And, but the Kindle always looks pretty every time I open it up. But inside is God's word and it's alive and it's living and it reshapes us. And I'm completely different than I was. And as I continue to stay in God's word, my hope is that I will change continually. And that's why I want my kids in God's word. I am not that smart to guide them. They get so burnt out on my lectures and my little quotes and my little pithy things, but I know that if I care and love them, then the best thing I can give them is God's word, even if I have to pay them to do it. Because hopefully as they get into that and they see it and they know it, they also will know the truth that God's word is alive. And it's like a, a two-edged sword that cuts us, but it reshapes us. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Rebuking. It says, the truth will set us free, but first, and I love the way that uh, Rick Warren says this, but first, it will make us miserable. Did you ever think about that? That God's word can also make you miserable because it's going to make you change. Not tell you, oh, you better change. No, as you know God's word and then it comes from God's reckless love when he speaks to you, just like I speak to my children, if I guide them, I do it out of love 90% of the time. But God, it's 100% of the time he's doing it because he loves us, but it will also make us miserable because that means change. And most of us do not like change. And as we're in God's word, it's, going, it's, it's a mirror that's up to us and we get to see ourselves for who we really are and who we've drifted off to become. And as we see that, it's gonna cause you to do things. It's gonna cause you to sell property that you didn't wanna sell. It's gonna cause you to change jobs. It's gonna, it's gonna cause you maybe to break up. It may cause you to actually get married. 
It could do both, but it's going to move you in the direction that God created for you. In fact, as we go on here, it says, uh, correcting and training in righteousness. And I love that picture because what that means, correcting and training in righteousness, it means to put us back to our original design. It means to set us straight. So when you hear correcting and training, you're thinking the finger, right? Not that finger, but the finger, the index finger, like pointing at you like, you better. No, it's, it's correcting and training a better way to translate that is, is that we return to God's original design, what he intended for us. So that all God's people may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Isn't that a beautiful picture right there? We talked about that last week. Are you seeing how all these scriptures seem to point to the same thing? That God loves us, he cares for us, he wants to set us right so that we can be in his image. And then as we're there, the reason we're here on earth is so that we can be equipped for good work. But it begins in Christ. We don't have to go out and do things. We just abide in him. And as he referred to here in John 8, 31, as Christians, as disciples, as apprentices, as followers of Jesus, we've got to abide in his word. That's just what we do. So, how do we do that? Because God's word was intended to change us. When God speaks, he creates. When God speaks, he recreates. And so, as we're in God's word, that's going to happen to us. You cannot read the word of God. You cannot listen to the word of God and not be changed. It's just, that's, that's what happens. God messes things up. And he messes it up in a way that he puts it the way it should be. So how do, how do we do this? And so um, uh, I love, I can't do this, but other people can. And so someone took direction on how to be changed by God's word and they made all the words start with the letter R. And so I can remember it that way. And so if I can remember it that way, I want you to remember it that way. So we're gonna start with the very first word. It's not gonna be up on the screen, so you're not gonna see it. So if you look there, you're looking in the wrong place, I want you to actually know this. I want you to remember this. And if we put it up on the screen, then you kind of leave it there. And we want you to walk away with it. So um, the first word is to receive. We want you to receive God's word. Because as you receive it, you can be changed. What does that mean to receive? Well, here's how you don't do it. And I'm going to give you an example for me. I was at my uh, friend's church uh, years ago. Actually, uh, um, a church that I was at with Steve Schenkenberg. And, um, well, because I made him come. And so we're at this church, and um, the pastor was talking, and, and I remember complaining to my wife. I'm just not getting anything from the word of God. Like, this guy's just not teaching it right. And, you know, as soon as you say that, and someone else is like, you know what? You're right. And so we're all like, you know, this is what we know as teachers of the word. We know this is what happened. You're gonna be here. You're gonna leave to go eat lunch, and you're gonna eat roast pastor. It's just what you do. And so that's what we did. We just roasted this guy. You know, if he'd done this, and if he'd said this, and he'd done this, and he'd done that. How prideful. That's the word of God. It's not the way he said it. It's the way I received it. We have people that come to this church because they go, you know, I was at this church and that pastor was teaching this way. But I like the way that the people that are teaching here teach. And then we have people from here that leave. 
Going, I can't believe the way Bug, Ash, Michael, all these people are like, Charlotte, I can't believe it. <laughs> you know what it is? It's just me all over again being prideful. We're talking about God's word. You know how I know that it's God's word and not me? Because so many times I'll have all these notes and all these things, and I'm, I know exactly what I want you to hear, and someone will come up and say, thank you so much for what you shared. I heard God speak to me, and he said this from what you were sharing. And I'm thinking, I didn't say that. That never came out of my mouth. Because we're here not to hear me speak, not to hear Esh, not to hear another guest speaker. We're here to hear from God. And we need to come to be receptive. We need to be moldable. That word receptive is the same word that you use for dirt when it can hold the seed. Remember in the scriptures, because that's what we do, right? We read the word of God, and it starts to come to our mind when we need it, like it's coming to me right now. Jesus said, you know what? Some of, God, some of, of, of the word, some of the seed fell on the path, but the path was so hard and packed down, it wasn't receptive, and so it didn't find root, and some of it fell into rocky soil, but it didn't take there either, and some fell with weeds and all the distractions around. And so it didn't find a place there, but then there was some soil that was receptive and it found its place. We, if we wanna be changed, if we wanna be set free, if we want real life, then we need to receive. And to be received, we need to be receptive. We need to be humble. We need to come before God's word and say, you know what? You're the boss. Take me where I need to go. So R, receive it. The next one, read it for yourself. Like literally, not have someone else give it to you, but you either read it or listen to it. So, what's the best show going right now? I, I'm not really good at the shorter shows. Um, I'd say Beat Bobby Flay, but that's not really one of the top ones. What's like a 30-minute television show that's like all that in a bag of chips? This is us? No, that's an hour, isn't it? Yeah, see, again, yeah. we're talking, we, we got to shrink it down a little bit. So 30-minute window. What's a 30-minute show? Don't act like you don't watch TV. What? Last Man Standing. That's the dude with the beard? Oh, that's because you're a dad of three girls, so you I got it. Okay, so Last Man Standing, Tim Allen, new show. You take the commercials out because you fast forward, you're at like 22 minutes. I know these things. So you're at 22 minutes. Now, if you were to take that 22 minutes, and I'm going to say you're a very slow reader. Let's say you read at less than a third grade level. Then, if you were to just take that show out every day, and you were to add reading the Word of God, or listening to it on Audible, or whatever other system you want to use. By the way, you can get that for free on your phone as well. The phone is the gateway to God's kingdom. Okay? <laughs> so you have that 22 minutes. If you were to listen to that every day or read that every day for one year, you will have gone through the entire Bible at 22 minutes. If you read at a third grade level, 15 minutes, and you've gone through the entire Word of God, okay? If you went to 30 minutes, hey, six months, you could read it two times in a year. But I know what you're saying. You're like, okay, sounds great. And some of you are going, that doesn't sound great. Like, I, I can't see myself doing that. This is just a matter of getting started. Start at one minute a day. Just make it a pattern that you're actually gonna pick up the Bible, pick up your phone, hit play while you're driving somewhere and say, just one minute. Make that your only goal. 
You will not stop at a minute, but just make that your goal. You'll probably make it to five minutes, probably 10. You'll blink and you'll be at 15 minutes. Read it. Just start that pattern. And when you fail, because you will fail, you'll miss a day, just start back up again. It's not like, oh, I didn't do it in a year. I didn't do it in two years. So what? That's not the point. The point is this is the word of God. This is solid food. This is pure spiritual milk. This is better than any strawberry shortcake you could ever have. So do it. Read it. Research it. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't go to seminary. How am I going to research it? Okay, you got Google. All right, that's all you have to do. Pop open Google, look at a few things. But you know what? Just ask five questions. Just ask questions when you read the word of God. Here's some of the questions you can ask. Who? What? Where? Why? And how? That's research. Just take questions, and as you look at the word of God, don't just listen to it. Ask questions like, what? You shall know the truth? What truth? Wait, you shall. Like, I shall, I will, or I could? Like, and who's saying this? Who's telling me this? Was it Paul, or was it Jesus? You shall know the truth. Okay, so Jesus is the one that said, you're just asking basic questions. That's research. That's going in deeper. You know what's another research? Ring. Hey, Lindsay Mickelson, I'm reading the word right now. What does this mean? Oh, you don't know either? Okay, why don't you figure it out and get back to me? I'm going to go ask someone else that does know. But you're, that's research. You're, you're getting out there. We don't have excuses. R, research it. Next one, remember it. Memorize it. Um, I was on the phone this week. And I was talking with uh, Tim, and we were talking to uh, Tim Schenkenberger, Steve's younger brother. And uh, God's just doing these amazing things. And as we were sitting there, the, the, the scripture that came to mind, I didn't have it memorized. Um, but I knew the story. And it was the story of Mary. And we talked about it during Christmas, of her being told that Jesus was the Son of God, that he was the Messiah, that he would set people free. And it says that she took this truth and she treasured it in her heart. And that picture, that's, that, that part I had memorized, treasuring it in her heart. And I got to say to Tim, you know what? What God has just told you there, like treasure it. I don't think people can handle this if you tell them. Because he's so hopeful right now. He's like, I'm pumped. Like I am so hopeful that God's gonna do the amazing. And he goes, and I see other people crying around me and I don't know how to deal with that. And I go, there's times where you just have to treasure it like Mary. That just came from being in the word of God and attempting to know it, and then it became memorized. And, and I'm, I'm using this as an excuse, because many of you are like, oh wow, Boog loves us so much, he's teaching this. No, it's all selfish. I love God's word, and I'm gonna do a series on memorizing the word of God, because I wanna get back in the habit of re-memorizing God's word. Sure, I want you to do it because it's profitable and useful, but I want it. And it gives me an excuse to go even deeper to memorize it. And when you memorize it, there's gonna be moments like that where God gives you that word when it's needed for you or for others. And a lot of times it's gonna be for others. Can you put up the scripture again from um, 2 Corinthians 3.16? Here's a great way to memorize this passage. Okay, 2 Corinthians 3.16. It has the three and it has the 16. And you know that verse that everybody knows, John 3.16? This is 2 Timothy 3.16. Boom, you're already on your way to memorizing the verse. 2 Timothy 3.16. So you have this scripture. It's God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that all God's people may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I was equipped 
this week for what was way beyond my pay scale, which I am not qualified for, but I'm qualified for because of God's word, and he gave it to me at the moment that it was needed for someone else. Remember it, R. And last one on it is reflect on it, which is another way to say to meditate. It's Psalm 1, one of my favorite psalms, says to that the, that the man of God who meditates on God's word day and night, meditate, there is that word, and meditates on God's word day and night is like a tree planted next to a stream. And if you have something that's next to a stream, I have one in my, in my yard right now, and it's called a broken sprinkler. And it's causing the stream that flows down. And all the grass around there and the tree that's there is like, because it's growing more there than anywhere else because the water is flowing there. And Psalm 1 says that the, the person who has God's word flowing there is gonna grow like no other. And it's, it's his leaf, her leaf will never wither, but it will produce fruit in season and outside of season. Can you imagine if your avocado trees produced all the time and not just at certain seasons? How glorious would that be? And yet we are told that if we will plant ourselves in God's word, that it will flow like that and we will produce in season and out of season. So that's what it means to meditate. And some of you hear that word meditate. And you're like, what am I supposed to do with that? How do I meditate? I haven't taken a class on meditation. If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. I know that sounds very wise, and it is, because I stole that as well. If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. To worry means to fixate on something, where you just keep thinking about it. Usually it's fear, something you're afraid of, and you just fixate on it, fixate on it, fixate on it. That's what we do the word of God. If you memorize it, you can fixate on it. You can meditate on it. You got, some, you got some chicken, you want teriyaki chicken, you put the chicken in the teriyaki sauce, you let it marinate, you let it meditate, you let it fixate on the teriyaki, and then when it comes out, boom, it's the same with us. We let it marinate in it, we abide in it. So I wanna close with this. So we've got God's word, right? All the R's. Receive it, read it, research it, remember it, reflect on it. But ultimately, God's word is intended for us to live it out. Not just listen to it, not just be entertained by it, not just use it as a weapon, which people use God's word for all the time. It's meant to change us. It's meant to change me. It's meant to change you. That's what God's word is intended to. And if we could go to the last slide. Um, this is James 1, 21 and 22. And we had a little bit of this uh, last week. Do not, so get rid of all uncleanliness and the ramp, rampant outgrowth of wickedness and in a humble, now notice it's in parentheses, gentle and modest. I want you to always know the different um, translations that are out there. This is the amplified uh, translation. Again, your phone is the gateway to God's kingdom. You have this on your phone if you have a Bible app. And so the amplified version will take words like humble and you go, what does that word humble mean? You're doing some research just by having this translation. That word humble also means gentle or modest. So in a humble or gentle and modest spirit, receive. There's that R word. Receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted. Another R word, not in our list, but still good. 
which implanted and rooted in your hearts, contains the power to save your souls. And then verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Another scripture that just came to mind from remembering it. And I can't remember where it is. That's okay, by the way. If you're like, ah, where is that scripture? I don't know. That's okay. Do you know the word? Are you reflecting on it? Are you meditating on it? It'd be great to know where it is so you can point back to it or send somebody else there. But to know it is the most important part. And the scripture that just came to my mind, which I want to close with, it says that you shall know the truth. And then right after it, I'm pretty sure it's right here in James. If I'm right, let me know so that I can pump my fist in victory. But I believe that it says if you know the word of God, that it's like, and you do it, it's like coming before the mirror and seeing yourself. But when you don't do it, it's like seeing yourself in the mirror and walking away and forgetting what you look like. Because that's what the word of God does. It helps you to see the truth. And it helps you to see the truth of yourself. God's word is intended to change us. Not to be used as a weapon to go and offend or attack other people. Its primary focus is to create and to change. And when we see God's word and we walk away from it, as God's word says, it's like looking at yourself in the mirror and walking away and forgetting what you look like. You get to see yourself for who you really are. And you are probably, if you closed your eyes and you weren't looking at God's word, you would see all of your flaws. At this moment, when I think of my flaws right now, I'm like, why is my face so fat from this medicine? I think of this pimple that just showed up on my nose. I'm like, I'm not getting enough sleep. And so you guys are like, what are you talking about? Your face is normal. But when I see myself in the mirror, I see other things. But if I were to really look in the mirror, because I'm not talking about looking in the mirror, I'm talking about what I think I would see. But when you really look in God's mirror and you see yourself, he's not gonna point out all your many flaws as much as he's gonna point you to who you really are. You are more beautiful than you could ever imagine. He's gonna show you who you were meant to be. You're gonna see yourself accurately. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I'm gonna pray for us, and I'm gonna invite the worship team up, and they're gonna lead us. You can stay seated. Um, the offering's gonna come by us for people that call Branches home. Um, just ask God what he wants you to do. That's pretty much what an offering is. God, what do you want me to do? Here, what do you want me to do with my time? God, what do you want me to do? How do, you, how do I get into your word? How do I, what am I supposed to do with my money? What am I supposed to do with my time? Um, in fact, uh, heads up, next week and the week after, we're still going through the series, The Bible for Dummies. There's over 2,000 scriptures that talk about money. So, I'm bringing to my financial planner. He's coming in here. We're gonna talk together for the next two weeks. Um, and we're going to look at God's word and what does it say to us? This isn't a self-help time. This isn't, hey, good. You're going to tell me how to invest. No, no, no. What does God's word have to say? How do you want me to be changed, Lord? Father, we surrender to you. We want to surrender everything to you. Our 22 minutes from shows or our 47 minutes, if it's an hour long, whatever it is, Lord, we want to redirect we want to know how to be in your word. We want, to, we want to see an inkling of how profitable and useful and valuable it is. We want to see your living word. We want to see life. So Father, make this a church of prayer 
and a church, especially of your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.